everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody. It's and I want to welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Here we are uh, starting episode, yeah, not episode, starting <laughs> season eight. Well, we are starting episode one of season eight. That's uh, true. Yeah, we are. And a new year, 2023. Yeah. Hard hard to get, you know, used to saying that, I think. Right. Um, yeah, just get used to saying 2022 and they change it. So. I know. But um, I definitely am hoping that 2023 is a better year than 2022. So. Yeah, me too. You know, it certainly uh, was a challenge. To say the least. And, <laughs> but, you know, one good thing, um, the podcast has, um, I, I think it's funny as we were reflecting back and you actually, like, took the time to, you know, look at the numbers more closely. I, I mean, I knew we we were growing as a podcast because, you know, we'd be getting, we'd be hitting those milestones, like, a lot faster so that's a sure sign you know that you're you're getting more listeners um but i mean so our very first year we started the podcast in 2020 um in march apparently yeah so so from march to december so it's not a whole year but like we had 867 downloads right yeah and we were we were happy, you know, with that, um, I guess, because, I guess it's because, like, we, we started the podcast with a different vision, um, than what it's morphed into, don't you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, originally it was for, you know, to promote writing and projects that we were, you know, working on and, things that we were interested in and stuff and we still do that but uh certainly not as much as we used to yeah so i think you know if we could get you know if we since we got 867 people to uh listen to episodes that were just really mostly us um we did have a few guests in that time span but but mostly it was us talking about writing and um, you know, uh, whatever topics that that we wanted to talk about, and so I think we were happy that just people, you know, were listening. And I know my mom was a very faithful listener there. <laughs> yeah, she would give us critiques for sure. Yes, and uh, you know, one critique was that. If you don't change that voice, <laughs> I'm going to stop listening. So, uh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, insists that I have like different voices that I uh, use, or turn on or turn off, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think uh, just so our perspective changed. And, um, you know, I don't now. Know. I- I don't know if our perspective changed. It's just the opportunities that we've had that, you know, kind of changed things a little bit. Yeah, well, we definitely, I think, I don't know how it happened exactly. Uh, a lot of hard work, of course. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, we definitely had some really interesting opportunities present themselves. And it seems like that we gained momentum i think once we started you know getting one opportunity it kind of opened the door to another one and yeah for sure kind of snowballed like that well you know 
I've heard, uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but podcasting is one of the hardest jobs ever, so. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to dispute that. It is a lot, <laughs> lot of work. Um, it is, yeah. But enjoyable. Um, yeah, uh, certainly this is, you know, of all the things that I'm involved in, you know, the podcast is certainly one of the uh, more enjoyable ones for sure. Well, uh, I don't really have a lot of things to compare it to currently, so I'm going to, you know, to say that it is the most enjoyable for me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm sure I would say that if I were doing other things as well, um, because it is, I, it's like a lot of, it's creativity, but it's also research and communicating, you know, it's just like a lot music, uh, you know, a lot yeah. of, I guess music actors those so it's just like a lot of my interest and uh, i love people watching and people's stories and right uh, so it's just and and you know like occasionally i like talking to you and <laughs> occasionally <laughs> i just have to push the right button <laughs> yeah so uh, <laughs> you're probably ready to push it now like okay we're <laughs> stop when uh, <clears throat> but you I, I I do think it's like a lot of those things put together that makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, and, for sure. You know, uh, it's also like something we've been able to to share. Um, you know, we created and right. Yeah, so you know that's kind of cool too to know that we we built something that's um, yeah to be proud of. I think no, so yeah, definitely. You know, our guest today, I think, ties right into this. Um, well, wait a second. You didn't really, uh, you didn't really like get into where you were going with like the numbers and stuff. <laughs> well, if you're a listener of the podcast uh, or you follow in the Facebook group, you would know that you know we have crossed over twenty thousand um, downloads. So. That's true. Yeah, we're up to. Uh... I don't know what the number is today. We're somewhere around 20,400 or something like that. Yeah, we'll soon be to 25,000. Um, so, you know, that is major growth. Like, when you think about um, 867. Yeah, and last yeah. year I think it was like 15,000 something. Yeah, so, you know, uh, that's like a lot um yep. and i'm really happy about that so, as am know. i <laughs> yeah i knew you'd have to get that in there um, <laughs> so yeah so yeah. uh yeah uh it's it's been uh certainly an interesting progression for sure and as you were saying about our guest this week yes david fishoff and he is the founder of Rock Camp. Um, we're going to have actually this week's episode and next week um, is a follow-up with um, Britt Lightning, um, who is uh, you know, she's kind of the musical guest coordinator, I, I guess. That's, that's what I'm going to, may not be the official title, but, um, you know, she gets to like um, look for the talent that, wants to you know put together as the counselors for a rock camp right so but just they, give, just give everybody a quick overview of what rock camp is uh rock camp i and i mentioned this in my um holiday gift giving That's because right, yeah. you know I, I feel like this is an experience of a lifetime although many people experience it several times in their lifetime um but you get to, you know, like they might have Aerosmith versus Led Zeppelin or something like that. Like they might be themed like that. They could right. be themed like, you know, uh, Rock of the 80s or, or whatever. So you just kind of can pick like, you know, whatever it is that you're interested in. Um, and then there's going to be those people from the actual bands of that time, or let's say it was Aerosmith. So you might have 
you know, you could have Joe Perry, you could have Steven Tyler, you know, you right. just like take your pick of, you know, who could be there. Um, so let's say Steven Tyler um, is the counselor, the camp counselor. So I would go there. Oh my gosh. I mean, like I could not even, <laughs> but um, you know, so you go there and there'd be Steven Tyler and he would be, I guess the lead singer of our group. So I'd get put in a group. Let's say I get put in, in his group. Right. So he would be my camp counselor. And let's say I would play keyboard, um, you know, or drums. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or rapping. So, um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, there would be other people um, like you or, you know, other people that uh, are not professional musicians that that would be in this band. And so we would practice with Steven Tyler um, and he'd do master classes and we practice songs. And then at the conclusion of the camp, there's like two live performances so you're going to be like whiskey a go-go or you know some like depending on where your rock camp is held right. you're gonna like, get two public performances with steven tyler mm, cool. uh, you know, yeah i mean how cool is that to say like i you know actually performed a concert yeah. with <laughs> yeah steven tyler so um, yeah. Um, and so the next time, you know, it could be like a totally like you may want to go to another rock camp um, that would have Roger Daltrey or, you know, some other person that you admire um, musically. Right. So that's a little bit about what rock camp is. And so next week we have Britt Lightning, who, you know, is from Vixen. Um, so that'll be a really interesting episode as well. Yeah. And uh, this is all leading up to uh, rock camp. And I don't want to give too much away except to say that it is going to be held a rock camp in nashville so that's like really close to us and a lot of our listeners so in january uh and this isn't a really exciting special one but we will talk more about that next week okay so david's story um you know, I can't wait to hear, like, uh, what inspired him to come up with Rock Camp and and how did he make it happen? Like, you know, how do you make yourself um, accessible to, how do you talk the Steven Tylers of the world into uh, being in your Rock Camp, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, certainly. Um, as I recall, he was like a sports agent or something for quite a, quite a few years and uh yeah i think so yeah uh, so i don't know how he went from that to doing rock camp so it'll be interesting you know it'll be interesting yeah. to find that out we're certainly gonna ask <clears throat> that question um so i think he's like a self-made person you know like like some people are born into uh, you know uh, a career like their dad is I don't know Bruce Willis or you know whatever right, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, or you you might be the daughter of Garth Brooks or you know <laughs> yeah I mean you know like it could happen that you're you're born into a family that happens to be in the career that you choose um, but with David, I, I'm not sure if that's the case. I think, um, you know, I, I think he's like paved a path for himself. Um, and I can't, I, I just, am, I love to hear stories like that of how people make that happen. Yeah, me too. It should, should be really interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to it, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like we're, paving a path um <laughs> <clears throat> yeah we're certainly doing something <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe we need a bigger shovel i don't know uh, but uh, maybe. i mean the shovel is growing we are getting a bigger shovel because you know again i'm gonna say eight sixty seven in a whole year versus almost twenty thousand. yeah you know 
in another year, that's like really a lot of growth. And so if we continue at that rate, so, you know, it's going to. Yeah, we'll be at 50K before we know it. Yeah, and, you know, and then and we'll look back and be like, oh, my gosh, remember when? Yeah, remember that first year? <laughs> well, or even, you know, like now, again, our perspective will probably change, like how we were happy with, you know, 867. Now, you know, when we look back, we'll be like, man, we were only getting, you know, like 20,000. And remember how happy we were? <laughs> yes, we'll be we'll be approaching Joe Rogan territory before we know it. That's right, Joe Rogan. You're right. <laughs> look out, buddy. We're, we're coming right. for you. <laughs> I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, he could be. Um, if we just had, like, a you know, portion of his listeners listening to it, then, yeah. Anything is possible. You never know. I'm, I mean, we've had some amazing guests and amazing opportunities to talk to people, and, uh, you know, it's so, it doesn't appear to be slowing down, that's for sure. No, well, we're kicking off Season 8, and who would have thought that we would get the chance to talk to the founder of Rock Camp. Um, you know, this is really amazing. Like, he's a busy, 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 busy person. Yeah, for sure. Uh, little... and, uh, yeah. yeah, so, you know, again, it's just like one of those fairy tale stories, like, when thing just kind of led to another, and... He said yes, and uh, here we are. <laughs> assuming he doesn't hang up, like, um, <clears throat> yeah. you know, we're have the uh, interview. All right. Well, let's uh, see what David has to say. David, I want to welcome you to Backstory Sessions. We're so happy to have you as our guest today and talk about Rock Camp and all the great things happening with you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fun part of being um, the owner of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp is I get to wake up every morning with a new idea. And if I like it, I'll make it happen. Uh, do you find that you're one of those people that does have like a constant stream of ideas? Oh, I wake up every day with a new idea, and uh, I'm always looking for new ways to create new camps, new opportunities for um, attendees to, you know, get their fantasies by jamming with their favorite, you know, music, musical stars, and and um, I love the rock camp because it really allows me to come up with some ideas and then have people come to these camps and go through a life-changing experience. It really does seem like a dream job, and, and we're definitely going to talk a lot about how it works and what people could expect, but um, did you grow up wanting to be a rock star, or did you have totally. in that? Yeah, I wanted to be in my brother's band. Um, my brother's a drummer, and naturally all the girls ran after the drummer, so I wanted <laughs> to be in the band, and, and uh, so I played bass. I was terrible, you know, I wasn't good enough, and, and I didn't, you know, so I did a, one or two gigs, and I just wasn't good, and so um, I went to my dad, and my dad said to me that, you know, why don't you be in the background, why don't you book the bands, and then you could book five bands a night, six bands a night, and, and basically that was his advice, and that's what I decided to do, I decided to become a booking agent. So did you have good planning skills, or um, was there something that made you go that route to be in the background well I, you know, I love the entertainment business and i love talented people i mean any comedian that can get up there and make people laugh without using a four-letter word i admire um any singer that can get up there and get an audience in a frenzy i love that i really respect these artists and and so it's always a business been a business that i wanted to be in and if i couldn't be on the stage the next best thing was to you know, be an agent, be a manager, you know, and, and the same thing with athletes. I love sports. And, and I, you know, I became a sports agent too during my career, my early, my career, because I really love talented and, you know, I respect them. And, and if I could be there to help people who are talented, Oh, it's nothing better. So how did you go from, um, booking, um, 
the band after you know after you tried with bass for a little bit and then you went to sports so how did you make the crossover from one to the other so i was a writing for a newspaper um a local um, newspaper in new york and i was conducting you know i was writing like an entertainment column i i figured that was the way i could get myself into broadway shows and to see concerts that i would review so i i wrote for a small newspaper and i started interviewing uh, all these different entertainers and um and then making getting access to them and um and then one thing led to another um and i was able to put an ad in the newspaper and say you know if you need a show call me and then i started booking the um booking you know entertainers in the catskills and and then uh, once i I graduated from the Catskills. Uh, I met this a- actor, Herschel Bernardi, who was the um, star of Arnie years ago. And, and he basically convinced me to get out of the mountains, you know, go out to the rest of the United States and the world. And so you you did that. And how old were you at this point? I was 21 years old. Um, wow. I was 21. I was just a, I was a go-getter. Still am a go-getter. I still enjoy what I do. And... Um, and as long as I have passion, I do it. If I have no passion, I don't do it. Okay, so when you went to sports, um, you said you then I went to, to oh, oh, so then I went to professional sports. Cause I started, oh, that's right. I was writing for a newspaper, and I went yes. and I did an interview, and I met Elliot Maddox and Ron Bloomberg of the Yankees at the time. And um, so I, I interviewed them, and then I asked them if they were available to, you know, work camps because I was staying in a camp in the summer where a lot of these ball players made, you know, where they made, um, where the, you know, they would make personal appearances and, and do clinics with the, with the campers, with, with campers. So, you know, I was into the camp business very early on in my life, it was more the sports camps. Um, and, uh, and then the players, you know, at that time, you know, there weren't a lot of agents out there like they are today. And uh, so I started representing players for their contracts and, I built up a nice, um, you know, sports clientele. One of my clients is from Kentucky. You know, it was Phil Sims, who um, he's a Kentucky boy, mm. and he was my, yeah, he was one of my early clients. And um, once I started representing him, he started recommending me other clients, and you know, it was great. So I really did sports for a long time, and then when and everybody you... started to retire, then I decided to retire. <laughs> did you enjoy? Um that aspect of sports so honestly i loved the players i thought they were great i didn't enjoy negotiating with the teams at the time because they just i didn't feel they were fair to the players and you know a lot different today because the, the union was able to negotiate you know better terms for these players and get them a percentage of the revenues um, back then it was you know you really had to trust what the team would tell you and they and you know they, they would tell you what they wanted to tell you to get the player to sign and, um, and you know, it's harder to get information of what other players' salaries were. You know, the biggest thing that professional sports, um, these unions did, were they were able to expose everybody's salary. So when you're able to expose their salaries, it, it enabled you to basically have some sort of leverage or something to negotiate for. And then when they opened up free agency. So that part was fun when it, when it started to develop. And, um, and uh, but then by that time, it got really uh, busy. Um, I had picked up Ringo Starr as a client and started doing the monkeys and the turtles and all these bands. And I like that aspect. I had liked that better because, you know, with that business, I could be creative. I could come up with ideas. In sports, it was basically like the movie, you know, show me the money. And so while I, you know, was able to negotiate and get players great contracts and, and give them my advice, um, I enjoyed the entertainment portion, portion better because I could come up with an idea and, and, and do it. So how did you meet Ringo? So um, I, was, um, I, I was producing these tours and happy to go to tours. And then I did the monkeys and, and then I produced Dirty Dancing. I made that into a live tour. Um, it was very successful to me. And my business um, operation, you know, what I would do is I would go out to corporate sponsors. And this was before the world of Live Nation and AEG was around, and there were just individual promoters. And um, so I would go to these companies and say, hey, i got a tour going out. How would you like to sponsor my tour? And I'll give you, um, you know, signage in every market. And, and so they, the companies, they would basically um, buy these tours, the sponsorships. So one year, Pepsi came to me and 
and I sold them on the idea of Dirty Dancing as a live tour, which was very successful. And then a year later, the president of Pepsi came to me and he said, hey, we love what you do. Um, we're able to take your tickets from, and leverage them to all our different retail stores and our customers. You know, we would love to do another tour with you. And, um, you know, do you have any other ideas? And I told him I had this idea to do Ringo and the All-Star Band. Uh, my brother was a drummer and loved the Ringo Star. And that's uh, all I heard in my house was Ringo, Ringo, Ringo. <laughs> so I, I came up with this concept, went to Pepsi, and Pepsi loved it. And they said, oh, we'll, we'll help back you on it. And then I wrote a letter to Ringo Starr and, and uh, wrote a letter to his lawyer. And um, I got six months later, I got a phone call and said that uh, Ringo's interested to talk to you. And flew over to England and pitched him my idea. And he said to me, I was thinking the same thing. So, uh, <laughs> and I was really, it was great. And he's an amazing man. And, you know, just being a Beatle, I mean, just you can imagine, you know, yeah. the history that he has. And, and you know, it was, it was easy to get fine players musicians that wanted to play with him and god bless him he's still doing it he's 33 years later he's still doing these can these uh, tours i did it for 15 years it was a privilege to be around them learned a, a lot and and um so it's great so it seems like like a lot of things fall into place for you or or interconnect um do you do you have a plan, like a long-term plan in your mind when these ideas are coming? Or um, do they just like you look at, okay, I've got this connection, this connection, and then it comes together like that? How does it work for you? Well, you know, that's a great question. You know, I, I, I come up with an idea, I think about it, and then I do it. And then while I'm doing it, I, I get another idea. So, you know, here I am on the Ringo tour and having this amazing experience with all these musicians. And I'm saying to myself, boy, if I could have just, uh, if I could share this with the fan to see what it's like to, you know, to, to, to be around all these incredible musicians and see them write songs and spend time with them, you know, then, then uh, you know, this would be a great fantasy camp for people. And um, so from that, from the Ringo tour, as you'll see in the movie, you know, you see that funny story that they do with Joe Walsh and I and leave on Elm, yeah. I, I created the, the rock camp. So I'm able to go sometimes from one thing to another. Um, you know, the, the, the toughness about the business is that because I like to be creative, I like to create things, um, you know, and I, I, I do get bored sometimes so that I, I need to create something new. Um, what's exciting to me about the camp is that I always meet new people. I'm always changing new lives. I'm also getting interest from new artists who, who really see what we do and, and, and how they love the participation that where they're, they're, you know, where they can change people's lives also in the process. So that's been the fun part, you know, it's, it's one thing for me to get them there, but it's another thing for them to want to keep coming back so they can, they enjoy what, what I do and, and they, and they acknowledge it. So when you finally do make the idea come to be a reality of rock camp, um, who is your first celebrity, um, counselor? Well, oh, I have so many great counselors. You know, I love, I mean, Rudy Sarzo to me is fabulous. Vinny Apice, Tony Franklin. I mean, the counselors are really the, the strength of rock and roll fantasy camp because they're there for four days and they really work with these, with these campers and they just love changing the, you know, they, they get what I do. And so they, they really support me. And that's been the fun part that they support me and I support them. And um, so it really, it really works out great. And this started, is this what, 27 years? Yeah, I would say about 26, 27 years ago. Wow. And, uh, and I wouldn't be able to do this if, I wouldn't be able to do this if, if these counselors didn't love it, you know, if these rock stars didn't love it. I mean, when you get someone like Roger Dolce who's done it, you know, eight, nine times and Joe Perry and they keep coming back and Kim Thale's going to come back from Soundgarden, you know, they love it. So if they wouldn't love it, then I couldn't do it. So, you know, it's one thing for me to bring them there the first time, but when they see, see how, you know, how it changes people's lives and many of them reminds them what it's like when they first started, you know, so, I think when they see that, then they get they get into it, and um, and they meet some amazing people. I mean, you know, Jerry Cantrell came to camp, and you know, he, he I heard he went out and announced that he his guitar was stolen, and two of my campers hired private eyes, and they tracked down his guitars. You know, wow. 
And um, yeah, so you know, these people have made a great connection with, with these rock stars because again, it's not a meet and greet, and it's not a meet and greet. It's a, it's a you know you actually get to play with them, and, uh, and and for the for the rock star, again, it reminds him what it was like when he first started. So you know, they really enjoy the experience. So where was the first rock camp? It was in Miami. I did it in Florida. It was a flop. I had more media people there than I had, um, and I had campers. You know, the media came out, and they, and, you know, I never forget the second day. Um, there were about forty of them were sitting in the lobby of the Eden Rock Hotel, and I walk in. They said, "Fish off, get over here," and I get over there, and they all turned to me and says, "You know, we were going to kill you. We love this idea. This is fun," and they all wrote great reviews from the, you know, from the, uh, you know, People Magazine to. Uh, Bob Smith, the legendary writer, he wrote a great story for Delta, and you know, just everyone wrote great reviews on the camp. But it was such a disaster that I decided I'm not going to do this again. And but every day I get a call, you know, are you doing the camp? Are you doing the camp? And then a gentleman named Eric Sherman, BH1 Classic, called me and said, you know, we'll help you. What do you need to get this thing started? We'll we'll promote it on the air. And I said. Um, I said, you know, if you could help me get it out there and promote it, and he did. And and um, and then I, I decided to do it three or four more years later, and I went to more stars. I went to Brett Michaels and and George uh, Burrowgood, and they said, hey, I have this idea. Would you guys try it? And they and they were great. They loved the idea, and they came. And so, and, you know, so I, I did it again and again and again, and, and then I decided that um, it was going to – um, make it a full-time job once I decided that, you know, I wasn't going to go on the road anymore with Ringo. I got married. I had two kids. And again, I got married. I, mean, I got married. So I have grandkids. And I just said, you know, I want to try to lead a normal life and not a life on the road. And uh, and that's what it's afforded me. You know, I had eight grandkids, five kids, all different ages. And I'm able to still be doing the music business, but, you know, working working from home, you know, and not living on the road for three, four months, because that's what it takes to be in the rock and roll business. Sure. So where did the idea of doing the movie Rock Camp, um, where'd you get that so, idea? So, so that came from Jeff Rowe. Jeff Rowe was the um, gentleman who ran VH1 for many years and worked at NBC, and, and he said to me, you know, this is such a great experience. You know, with the, you know we hooked up again. He said, you know, David, you don't realize what, how amazing this thing is, and the lies are changing. And he says, you know, make a great documentary. So, you know, we went to a few different editors um, until we found the right one. Uh, Doug Blush, who, you know, had won, was involved with three Oscar nominated shows, movies. Like the, the first one he did was um, 20 Feet from Stardom, which was one of my favorites. And um, he liked what he saw, what we had, and he agreed to finish it up and, and put a lot of his time into it. And he made it into a I mean, you're the one who saw the movie. I hope you'll you'll give us a let me know what you thought of it. Yes, definitely, I will. And um, I know Matt and I have talked a lot about it already. It's, um, I mean, I wasn't sure what to expect when I saw Rock Camp, like how it would, you know, how would this work? I mean, right. the idea of it sounds, you know, like every, you know, I think a lot of people wanted to be a rock star. Or, maybe still do even you know in their adult life but i didn't know um like just how it would work and so i think the movie uh, or the documentary was very very interesting in that you could see it from the perspective of the you know of the person just the everyday person so you could relate to them because you are that everyday person and then you also got to see the you know, the counselors, the celebrity counselors in uh, sort of a, a more personal way. Um, you see their love for music, of course, but you also see a more human side of them and you get to see that bond that they seem to make as they're developing the band. And, um, you know, naming the band, that was very interesting to me how that, um, you know, each little group gets to name their band. <laughs> Menno pause was uh, I'll do a shout out to that one. I don't want to get yeah, it and, they all, and, and, and they all stay together. You know, they're very, they're, they're, they stay friends for life. That's what's the most amazing. You know, 
the aftermath is they just love to stay. You know, they, they they stay as a band, and many of them come back as a band. They they go out and meet the rock stars at their concerts, the gigs, and so that's been the fun part to see how how they've um, you know stay together and they play music together and the friendships that they make and and then to me the surprise of the whole film. I think what, what to me the whole surprise was, you know, because when you do a documentary, you don't know, know what's going to happen. But to see the rock stars like Sandy Hager and Joe Perry, and to see those stars come alive and really see how it, life is life changing for them, and uh, yeah. that's really that's the part that I love most about the game. Matt, what did what did you think? Well, yeah, Matt, what did you think? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm you know I'm a big music fan, and uh, you certainly had a lot of uh, people in you know as far as stars in the movie in the documentary that uh, you know I've looked up to for years and stuff. But two things stuck out to me. Um, one was uh, I grew up in the Hudson Valley in New York, and uh, very close to the Catskills, so um, you know that stuck out to me and. I like the you know you you started out there and uh, it was kind of interesting. And then the other thing was not only, did, not, not only did I start out there, half of a show business started out there too, right? Right, yeah, yeah. I you know I remember uh, growing up hearing stories about different places there. Um, you know, a lot of them are gone now. There's only a handful left, I think. Um, but you know, it's sort of like a history thing for me and then um the other thing that stuck out to me was you're you're pretty much a self-made person like you i mean you didn't as far as i know you don't you you don't have any law training and stuff and i I don't know i don't know if like how far into the law aspects of you know being a agent and manager and that sort of thing that you have to know about so well today today the laws are, the, today they've changed you know they're asking sports agents to be lawyers mm-hmm. um i wasn't a lawyer um I, you know i fought for my clients um because nothing you, can, you can't really change the the basic agreement that's um that's been negotiated with sure. the um you know with the, with the unions but you can really fight for the money and and you know use your negotiating skills so um but um, no, I didn't. Uh, I did a couple of years of college. I went back and things like that. Um, but you know, no, it was pure hustle and pure love and passion. Passion, really. You know. Yeah, that that. I mean, that was the impressive part to me. Is you know, you you met tons of people and been involved in a lot of you know famous people's lives and things like that. And uh, you know the fact that you weren't a an attorney or you know anything uh, anything like that is pretty impressive that you're able to get involved in so many different aspects of the entertainment industry and sports and things like that. So. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, one day I'll go back to law school. <laughs> um, how many? Um, celebrity counselors have you had over these 27 years? Oh, I've had over 150. And, um, yeah, and some are great, you know. Most of them, are, they're all great, you know. The, the fact that they give of themselves and, um, you know, enjoy some are better than others, you know, because they know how to teach better. Um, they might not be better musicians, but they know how to give it over. And to me, that's what the, the key is, and know how to teach better, you know, give over musical knowledge and and so i you could see in the documentary that people were at different levels so you don't have to be um you know like a virtuoso to no not at all not at all i want people to i want beginners you know and i always love the counselors that to say i'm going to take david give me the beginner bit i want the beginner bit you know (laughs) i want to be to me, that's what—that's my challenge. You know, I can make them better, and um, so it's amazing because some of them are, you know. And then you have certain musicians who say, "No, I just want the—I want advanced musicians." You know, so it's okay, you know. But there's some of them who just love taking the beginner band and making them into something. Um, and, know, and, been... and, 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 and I gotta say, say one thing. You know, to me, I look at these rock stars, 
is no different as the as a football coach. You know, you know they all get the same in the NFL. All these players get the same. The, the NFL gets all the same draft picks. You know, so you get a number one, someone gets a number two, then you get a two, then they get a one. But it's the coaches that really make these teams better. And that's what I told these these rock stars. You know, you're going to get the same amount of people, but you know you got to make them better. Um, who has been of the counselors? Who has been to the most camps? Oh wow! You know, I talked to I talked to Rudy Sarzo last week. He's done twelve years. Gary wow. Hoey's done twelve years. I mean, you know, they've been you have yeah. a lot of long term. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they enjoy it. And they, I think they enjoy meeting the people. I think they enjoy meeting people. I think that's what it's about. How many how many how many camps do you do a year? I mean, is this like an ongoing Um I do about five, six, you know, okay. a year. You know. Depends on when I get the artist, you know. And that's the other problem with the business, you know. Um, because unlike someone who has a store and they know their business they're doing it, you know, I'm always creating and having to come up with a new idea. So well, it's 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 fun. It's also very frustrating because you have to keep creating and being creative. Whereas, you know, McDonald's doesn't have to do that. They keep selling hamburgers, and that's it. Yeah. Know? How long does so, it take to put one together? Well. Nope. It's a new one um, next week. Uh, I'm going to do a Led Zeppelin. John, you know, playing a lot of Led Zeppelin music with the people from Soundgarden and. Stone Devil Pilots, and so you've got to come up with themes. You know, the one I'm doing in November is the Beatles theme, Beatles versus Stones. Right. And um, so, you know, do all different ones. But I have to say that 50, 60% of my campers are returnees. And, and you know, so they do, they come back. Because once you give them this experience, they they really do, a, they come back. Yeah. Um, and you're doing one in uh, Nashville? Doing one in Nashville for women. Yeah. For women's only. This will be our second one. And this was amazing. We did it last year with Melissa Etheridge. And uh, now we're going to do it uh, with the, Melissa Etheridge and Nancy Wilson last time. Mm-hmm. And that, now we're doing it with Winona. And I'm really excited. You know, she's on the cover of People Magazine this week. And Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm and Vicki Peterson, the Bangles. And it's really amazing that. We, you know, we got these amazing women yeah. January 19th to 22nd uh, it was our fastest selling camp out last year and um, it's going to be exciting yeah, so is it is this for, is this for women only women only okay and also women only and also you're going to have um, um, you know the, there is a man package uh, there is a man package um, just for um, a man cave. <laughs> Because last time we got a lot of heat, you know, the husbands wanted to come to me. <laughs> he said, okay, we'll create a man cave package. But this is basically, it's all about the women. All the, uh, it's all the women. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. And then, you know, and we have a great musical director, Britt Lightning from Dixon. She she runs the camp and um, got some great counselors. And, and people can have an amazing experience. Yeah, sounds like it. Has there been any, um, like, people that come with such talent that they've maybe um, been noticed by someone that has led to a music career? Well, yes. Um, many of the young, we, you know, we take them at all ages, but we get the young people who've come to camp, and they continue to go to Berkeley School of Music, and they make their musical careers. And then the adults, you know, they, I would say about three years ago, walking on the street, and the camper comes over to me and says, Mr. Fischoff. I said, yes, what? He says, we just opened for Aerosmith in Russia, my band. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, I met Joe Perry from Aerosmith at your camp, and I met his manager. I took her business card, and I contacted her and said, you know, we have a new album, and our lead singer lives in uh, Moscow, and I know the Aerosmith will play Moscow. Could we be considered as one of the opening bands? And um, she said, well, send me the CD. I'll ask Joe. Went to Joe, and Jill said, uh, I met this guy at camp. I said, yeah, let him open. And next thing you know, he's the opening band. Wow. Um, yeah, so, you know, you've, I've gotten a bunch of things like that. I never promote that. I'm really strict not to promise anybody anything. And uh, because I I, um, I don't believe in that, you know. Come and 
but they do. They make records and they make albums and they follow up in bands and tribute bands and, and you know, write songs and, and the songs that have charted and they really get an education. You come to camp, it will be life-changing. And, uh, and, you know, like Tony Robbins says, if you want to do something and you want to become something, you have to immerse yourself in it. And this is a, a very four days of immersing yourself into music and the preparation in advance, too. So I know when people watch the movie, they'll um, understand what happens. But could you give us like a shortened version of, you know, from the time you get there till the end? Like, what could someone expect that's interested in Rock Camp? Well, if I could, if I could, you know, plug the movie Rock Camp. It's it's the movie's available on Amazon and Apple, and, um, so it is it is available for people to watch. Um, and basically, when they come to Rock Camp. Um, once they sign up, they get a list of songs to start learning and preparing for camp. And, you know, if they're beginners, we're asking them to prepare these songs at the media. If they can't prepare, that's fine, too. But we like to give people the opportunity to get ready. And today with Zoom, you're able to meet your band in advance. You're able to meet your rock star, decide what songs to do. So, you know, it's been great, that part about it. And um, once they come to camp, they we put them in a... Um, we put them in a um, in a band when they know they're going. They they rehearse with the band and they do master classes. They do jam rooms. They get to play with other counselors, other campers. They get to take these amazing master classes from all these rock star counselors who basically have so much knowledge that they just give it to them. No 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 one's holding, no one's holding anything back. Um, they're opening a party jam, and then usually on the first day of camp, um, I mean that's first day. And we go from like one o'clock to ten o'clock at night, and the next day they go ten thirty to ten thirty at night. So they really put in a twelve-hour day, wow. um, and they jam and they jam with a celebrity, and uh, you know they get ready to be prepared to jam with a Joe Perry or or with Winona or with you know whatever the artists, guest artists. They just about three artists. So every day they they jam with another artist, and they play two live shows. They record a ritual song. They write songs. So, I mean, they, they really go through boot camp, you know, rock and roll 101 in uh, four days. And then they play that final night and they're exhilarated. And then they have to go back to work and, and get depressed. But they, always, <laughs> <laughs> but they don't get depressed. You know, I asked many of them, you know, when you go home, you get depressed. And many of them say, yes, David, you know, we, we get why people are in music and why they do it. But majority say, you know what, we've learned so much and, we learned that these people, these rock stars, are, are authentic. They decided that at their, you know, when they were young teens, that they, unlike taking a regular people have to go take a regular job, they decided they were going to go with the hearts and be authentic. And therefore, they they um, were able to continue the music business, and many of them made made nice careers of it, and and, uh, and they're here to share what they've learned. Do you have a waiting list for people who want to? Uh, come to a camp? Um, you know, camps sell out, um, but there's always uh, you know, a week before where someone says, I got a business meeting, or right. or uh, they get nervous, or you know, someone they come to the next camp. So uh, we always usually find a way to sold out, then they get to come to another camp. Yeah. yeah but I just wasn't they sure. sign up early. Yeah. yeah. I, just... I mean, so, some sell faster than others, and um, depending on location, depending on the artists. Right. Well, Winona, so we can plug that one, you know, the Judds are from Kentucky, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, so will... excited about it. So excited about having her. And yeah. And you know, I, I, I knew her, her late mother, and her mother wanted to do a camp with me, and we just couldn't figure a date out. But to have Winona there, it's just, she's such a superstar, and, and all she wants to do is mentor young young and women, and um and, and this women only is just brilliant. I mean, just, just so for women to come and to feel safe and you know, to have some, you know, just to be in a band and have a lot of questions about being a female in rock and roll. And, and there's many, and there's many more women now that are, are really successful. Well, I, so can, I guess um, a question would be, uh, if you just want to watch the final performance, uh, is that, how does that work? Can you get so people, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, people buy tickets to the final show in, in their cities, and people invite their family and friends. And those final shows, that they become like the final four in NCAA. The audiences are just crazy, cheering on their people and their friends. And 
And um, I love those shows. They're just so exciting, as you saw in the movie. The final night is just great. Yeah. So that's what we need to do, Bat. We need to get to Nashville. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the final night. Yeah, please come. It's, it's going to be, uh, come as my guest. It's going to be the, um, the show will be um, the, the camper band performing at the Analog Room at the Hutton Hotel. No, I'm going to take you up on that one, I think. Please. That, that would please, be awesome. Please do, yeah. Please do. All right. Great experience. David invited so, us. Has, <laughs> yeah. has there been a um, uh, camper, celebrity camper, that you wanted to get that you haven't been able to yet? Well, you know, sure. People say Paul McCartney, you know. I mean, uh, he's my all-time favorite. But uh, I'll get him one day, you know, and the uh, Whoever knew the Stones were going to do the episode on the Simpsons, you know, <laughs> whoever thought I could get, you know, get Jeff Beck to come. And so I've gotten so many great ones and, and, um, and somebody I've associated with the camp, whether it was on the Simpsons, whether it was on other episodes, like Ellen did an episode. So I've been able to get some great people to you know, associate with camp. And, um, that's been fun part. Yeah. And get, I've gotten some NFL players have come, coaches have come. And actors, you know, people come quietly because they, you know, presidents of companies and who just want to be anonymous and just come play music. Have you been starstruck by any uh, anyone that you've met along the way? You know, I, I guess I got to tell you, I, it started in 1986 when I met the Monkees because I was a Monkey fan. And once I met the Monkees and had, and had a great experience with them, I realized everybody puts their pants on the same way. They all have the same issues. Um, I used to be think these athletes have it better than me. And, you know, and I realize, you know, I just love talented people and, and give them a credit. But, no, I'm really not starstruck. You know, oh, yes, one person. And sometimes it's good not to meet your, 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 your one person. Neil Diamond was a huge fan of mine. And when I met him, I was disappointed. And uh, partly it was my fault. You know, he was sitting in a restaurant with Larry King, and I just – Shot myself down at Nate Nels in California to start talking to him, and which was probably not right of me to do. But um, <laughs> you know, I'm so aggressive sometimes. And, but uh, no, I, I I I just think they're all they're all amazing. They really are to do what they do and to put themselves at risk out there and constantly putting themselves at risk. Did the pandemic have any impact on uh, rock camps? Sure, it was terrible. It was, it was a terrible time for all of us in live business. And you know, thank God we we um, we, we what we did was we went into Zoom master classes and and we charged for tickets for the rock stars. But, you know, it wasn't financially it wasn't financial for us as much as it was really keeping our spirits up and keeping the rock stars' spirits up and keeping the people's you know spirits up. I mean, go back and look at that and and how scary that was. And you know, you're in it. And here I was talking to these rock stars every day on, 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 um, you know, on, on, on Zoom, and uh, I would get off of the hostess, uh, Britt Lightning, who would host them, and um, and we would say, wow, how much passion that person has, and it really kept me through going through. Otherwise, I would have, I would probably have been reeled down, but it was really hard on so many people, and and um, wow, it, it, it was going back to look at it. It's really tough. Yeah. So what is next for you? I know you've got all these ideas. Um, so I have a book coming out on, on Amazon um, starting in uh, mid-November. I have a book coming out, uh, 25-Year History of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Wow. And all the money is going to be going to the Rock Camp Foundation, which is a foundation was started by a bunch of our campers who wanted to be able to give this experience to people. And and um, so I have the book coming out, and, and I'm talking to a few networks now about a television series. They're, some of them want to do a, a mocky documentary on rock and roll fantasy camp as a TV show. And, um, and then there's the whole world for me to, you know, to tackle. There's, you know, <laughs> Germany, and Australia, and Japan, and South America, and a whole world where I want to see rock and roll fantasy camp everywhere and, um, and have the movie air and, and really be able to open up franchises in all these different countries. What do your uh, kids and grandkids think of uh, the whole, you know, trajectory? No, they don't. They're, they're so cute. They're so cute. And But I'm still their, their grandpa. You know, I'm still yeah. their dad. 
So nothing I can do is, you know, I realized that years ago. And, uh, no, but they're so good. They're so good to me and I'm so good to them. And, you know, I have a saying on my desk that says in a hundred years from now, it won't make a difference how much money you have, what kind of car you drive, but what you've done for a life of a child. And so that's a a big, big belief of mine, you know, to raise kids and, and give them a great experience and, um, try to set them in the right direction. And, you know, thank God I've had really terrific kids and um, hug them and love them and, and um, just, you know, and, and push them to get, get greater and, and then, you know, than their father, you right. know, and, and I have a daughter who's very successful and both of my daughters are very successful. One, one's married to a rabbi and has five kids and, and she's just an amazing community leader. And then my other daughter is Alana Molstein. M-U-H-L-S-T-I-N, who is, and her her tag name is Nutrition Babe on TikTok, and she has a million six followers, and wow. she works for a company called Beachbody, and she's quite a celebrity. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. quite a celebrity. And, yeah, Nutrition Babe. And, and what I love about her is she lost 100 pounds, you know, after college, and she decided that she's going to dedicate her life to make sure young girls and mothers, you know, keep their weight off and lose weight, and she created a um, a nutrition program called for a company called Beachbody. I don't know if you know Beachbody. They're, yeah, they're, Tony Horton. They're big, yeah, yeah, public company. And she created their, their nutrition program and she came out with the wording, water first, veggies most. And if you follow her, she will show you what you can do with fruits and vegetables and mainly vegetables. And um, so she's been an inspiration to me because I lost over 50 pounds and Cause she said, dad, you're killing my business. <laughs> and so I, I had no choice. She's quite a, she's quite, you know, she's, I, I call her to me. She's like mini me. Cause she's really, she's doing great work for great people. And, um, and she's, you know, she's changing people's lives and, you know, but she's doing it through nutrition. So it's really fun to see it successful. Sure. Um, any thought from you of like, ah, you know, I've, I've done pretty much all I want to do. I'm going to like sit back and take it easy now for a while. Anything like that in your future? You know, I, I, I don't believe in that. My dad was a, a cancer till 80. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, be, I really believe that, you know, you know, don't work for money, you know, work for, because you enjoy what you do and you have a passion and, uh, and you should keep the mind going, you know, and, and I don't think people should retire. And that's why I admire Mick Jagger and Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, who are you know, 81, 82, 83 years old. And they're out there touring and the who it's Roger Daltrey 79. I mean, why quit if you love what you do and you know, why quit? And, um, because it keeps the mind going and, and what are you going to do? You know, right, you know you yeah. play golf. <laughs> I try. I mean, I, I try to retire. Every few, you know, after every successful tour of the monkeys, I'm 34 years old, and I said oh, I'm going to retire. And that lasted about two weeks, and then I came back worked harder. You know? So, <laughs> I, you know, I just, I, it just, I don't know. Re- the, the world of retirement just doesn't. As long as you love what you're doing, I'll do it. Now, when I don't love what I'm doing, I'll find something else to do. But I, I really, yeah, I, I like, I, I like working. Okay. Why not? You know. Yeah. Why not? Why not? You love what you do. Why not? You yeah. Know? You and, still uh, can. Why I think not? today. Yeah, I mean, I exercise every day. I um, I go to a Pilates class every day, and I uh, make sure to take care of my health now. And you know, we're at that age. I'm 66, where the numbers are really important. Yeah. <laughs> and, and those are your <laughs> cholesterols and you know yeah. your numbers, and and I just think that you know if I work out and stay healthy, then. Um, and, 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 you know, and that's what it's about. Well, it's definitely been a pleasure to have you as a guest Thank to you. learn about um, you and uh, about Rock Camp. Uh, I, I find your drive um, and your backstory very fascinating, just as the ideas that you've come up with with Rock Camp. Um, so it's it's been a great episode. Just um, so many great stories within your story. Thank you, thank you, Ms. Wolf, for having me on, and I love it. And uh, I hope people get a chance to you know get the movie and, and check out rockcamp.com, our website, 
and, um, and follow us, you know, on all the social media aspects. And I hope to see you guys. Um, please let me know. Be my guest. Come down that final night. And, and uh, I, think you'll, I think you'll see these bands. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. definitely looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah. Hi, terrific. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you coming on okay. and giving us your time. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iratepleas at outlook.com or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.